Hello and you're very welcome to Barry Abbreviated, your one-stop shop podcast talking all things news, random topics and movies. I hope you're all keeping well. So this week I'm doing a movie review. I know in the intro I did say that I would do a movie review if I hadn't anything ready. I'd just like to say I do have stuff organised for the future. I just thought I might do a movie review as the news and topics might not be everyone's cup of tea. So hopefully the movie route will be a reason to hang around. Uh, Now, I do hope to do a format with these reviews, and hopefully through that, you can follow what what I'm saying, even if you haven't seen the film. So, to start off, I'll talk about general stuff that I liked about the film, staying away from any spoilers, in the off chance you decide to pause the podcast, and then go and watch the film before listening to the rest of it. Then, after that, I will give a spoiler warning, briefly tell you the plot of the film, so you can understand what I'm talking about if you haven't seen it, or you'd just like to hear the review. Sometimes when I listen to movie reviews, I, like, when they start talking about a film, they just jump into stuff what they liked about it, and then you don't know what they're on about or what stage anything happens at, and I find that a little bit annoying, so hope that will help with that. And from then on, there's spoilers and the review. So hopefully you got all that, and sure, we'll give it a go anyway and see what happens. So this week I'm doing The Martian by Ridley Scott. Uh, I really like this film. I thought it was really well done. I like the fact that it's set in 2035, like a future, but not so distant. So everything is just kind of a little bit modernized. Uh, the film is very long, at like two and a half hours, and I get sci-fi isn't for everyone. But I feel that it's a good enough story that you should enjoy, even if sci-fi isn't your thing. And I really like how the story is told. I think it's told in a very effective way that they don't show you stuff that hasn't any relevance like you you don't feel like they're dragging you and taking away from the main part of the plot and it's like it is an amazing cast as well for this film it's like you have matt damon jessica chastain kirsten wigg jeff daniels michael pena sean bean sebastian stan chiwetel Irofar. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right he's in a doctor strange and children of men and you have benedict wong mackenzie davis and donald glover so you really have a really a-class class cast there it's just amazing and I feel they kind of raised the bar for the whole thing so it kind of is hard to stand out but I feel Matt Damon does an amazing job Um, the effects in this are really good as well I like none of no parts I'm ever thinking anything looks a wee bit dodgy or out of place I think it's really effectively used and I think the whole setting on Mars it's really used very well and uh, you kind of get a real feel for like the aloneness of it all so it's really cool in that fact so that's enough for the spoiler spoiler free from now on here on, it is spoilers, and I'm going to give you the plot. So, there's a team of astronauts sent to Mars on a 30-day mission. Only a few days into the mission, they receive a wind warning from an approaching storm, and the captain decides to evacuate the base. And on the way to the spaceship, when they're going away, uh, Mark Watney, that is Matt Damon's character, or we'll be probably calling him Mark a lot in this, um, he is hit by a satellite dish and from, from a storm. And then the astronauts, they can't see where he went and they can't detect any life signals from a spacesuit. So they just they just leave him because they presume, they presume he's dead. So they have to get going before um, their spaceship actually tumbles down in the storm. So uh, then word gets home that uh, Mark has passed away. So they have a big funeral for him and everybody's sad that they lo- lost him. So, But I think it's uh, the morning after Mark. He then wakes up. He's all covered in sand. But he's a bit of a metal still stuck into the side. And he then realises obviously what's happened. So it's then up to him. He tries to survive in this wee unit of a place that's only designed to last for 30 days. uh, 30 days. And on food that was only left for six people. 
And on top of that, he realizes that if he doesn't get in contact with NASA, there's no point in him trying anything because they won't really know how to get him home. Uh, meanwhile, on Earth, uh, they it took them a couple of weeks to actually discover that he is still alive, and then, then they have to try and come up a way to try and get him back. And then on top of that, they then have to try and tell the crew that he is still alive, and they just left a man behind on Mars. So from there on, the story is kind of told from three different perspectives. As Mark deals with the problems uh, with trying to live on Mars, NASA tries to put a shuttle together to try and send him up more supplies to keep him going. And the space crew, they deal with leaving him behind and all that stuff. And jumping on forward, uh, later NASA and Mark, they do figure out a way to talk to one another and make a plan to rescue him by sending the crew back to Mars. And then Mark then escapes on a rocket that is already up there, but it was meant for a future mission. Uh, his crew then go back to Mars, pick him up, and they all go home happy. And that's it. That's the end. I, I know I did gloss over a lot there, but it is a two and a half hours long, so I think that will help get the gist. Now, uh, for the review, uh, the plot, I thought I really love the plot. I find it all very believable. They deal with very real problems, such as uh, Mark trying to get, just make food for himself, which he does by uh, creating potatoes. This is amazing. Like he gets out of just human waste and they mix it with uh, the Mars dirt because um, he's a he's a botanist as well. So that like kind of plays into a lot of it. And they actually don't touch on it, but he actually has a degree in engineering because he can basically survive all by himself. And I don't know why they need any of the rest of the crew because he could do everything all by himself. And um, any of the problems that he faces, he can overcome them, such as like the oxygenator. It like stops working and I have like NASA telling him to like stop, don't touch it, we'll try and figure out a problem here. But he just goes ahead, takes the whole thing apart and then just cleans it, just a wee bit of dirt and it puts back together again. So it's kind of funny. It just shows how resourceful he is, which is really cool. Uh, the acting in this, it's a, uh, Matt Damon has a really standout performance. Uh, just the fact that he's on there by himself and it, you don't feel that like you're ever like there's a drop in his performance. It's, he's still really entertaining and engaging and funny. Um, and also another one Arson, I would like to point out in this is Jeff Daniels he's the director of NASA and he's called Teddy but he's just he's like the biggest pessimist but also a bit of a realist he would he would fight he would simply fire you if you just looked at him funny because uh, just like we comedic stuff happens in it but he's just having none of it he's just straight to the point doesn't care because um, Donald Glover in this uh, he comes up with a way to pick up a, a mark from uh, sending the ship backwards and he then starts using people in the boardroom as like objects okay you're you're this planet and like you're this other you're mark so and then he shows them how to do it which is an amazing moment because they were struggling how to come up with ways but he simply after the whole thing's done he just simply asks asks Donald like are you finished like yeah that's it it's like right okay get out doesn't not for a moment doesn't smile has no expression on his face and also for another moment when um because uh Jeff Daniels says, doesn't want to go along with this plan, says it's too risky, there are six astronauts on the way home, we have them safe, we'll let them go on, but um, they, he says Sean Bean wants them to go along with it, and he then, he then secretly sends them on the message, which they then decide to go along with the mission, and uh, he then says, says to him after they get the note and said they're going ahead on it without their permission, he then asks Sean Bean to retire after this, because like, he, he just doesn't take any shit, and it's amazing. And as I mentioned previously, Donald Glover in this, he's really good. He's kind of a goofy kind of character in it. Um, he, uh, when he's first introduced, he's just sleeping and uh, his boss and then see how he's doing. Wakes up straight away and goes to drink a bit of coffee. And obviously because he's sleeping, it's just so cold. And he just spits it out into his bin and it's a mesh bin and he just lifts it up. He's, just, he's got great comedic timing and stuff like that. 
Um, and I think the direction, I really like how the story is told from the, t- from the three different perspectives when it breaks out. It's like really well balanced and you never feel that it's shifting away from the plot or like you're looking at something that's like, I don't really care what's happening here. I want to see how like Mar- uh, Mark is getting on in it. But it's done really well. Like I find it re- it's really engaging. You don't ever feel like you're losing or just going on deadbeat stuff. Uh, the music itself, uh, the score, it didn't really stick out to me as like being anything special. It was dead on. I didn't find it bad. But the one thing I would like to talk about in the music in it, in it is uh, they kind of have disco music in it. And like from the 70s and 80s, which I absolutely love. I thought it went really well. And the fact that it actually incorporated it into the film as it is one of the astronauts, like their personal items, one of the things they chose to take along them with them was their favourite music. And it's just that. And that's all Mark has to play along to keep his to keep himself entertained and he absolutely hates it but it, it works really well in some scenes and like I, I really love that kind of music so it, I thought I find that entertaining throughout and I really love the fact that it was part of the plot it wasn't just something to throw in like say with Guardians you have that which also is part of the plot of course but I really liked how they kind of incorporated that music in with it uh, the cinematography I really liked it and um, they do have good use of like big wide shots and you really feel the vastness and how alone Mark is and the big expanse is Mars. I was like, I thought that was really good, and uh, they use um the webcam stuff because uh, the book, it uh, it's like a diary from all any time they touch in with uh Mark, it's always a diary and I was just basically telling how his day was, but you never feel like kind of taken out of the action because I know with watching stuff now from all of uh lockdown and stuff they can't film stuff, so a lot of stuff was done through webcam. But I always kind of I didn't feel it entertaining or engaging at all. But I thought for this, it was really fun. It was I thought it was really good and it didn't take away from it. And I like the cams on the spacesuit that they showed when they were walking about. You kind of see it in the storm and you see all the wee numbers and everything. I thought that was really cool as well because it just kind of added to it and it felt very real. Um, the production design, production design in this is very good. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I never for a moment of it was like I didn't think it was fake or anything. Um the hab, uh, the, that's the name of the place where Mark's, Mark is living in it. It looks so real. It looks very sleek, very modern. Just something that looks exactly how you would imagine it in space. And also um, the rover in it, it's very it's just this big, ma- big, massive machine. But still, it just looks very real. And just everything is just slightly more modern, but still recognisable. There's never anything you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. Because you can kind of still see what it is. Like there's solar panels in it because that's how they get their energy in the film on Mars and like you never like it's just it's solar panels exact same thing some stuff you don't even need to tweak which is really cool uh the spacesuits they're they're actually designed them on ones that they want to use in NASA for future missions to Mars they actually just designed them to be a little less bulky and kind of more practical but I thought I thought they were really cool and look really well uh the special effects in this film I didn't like you wouldn't notice them at all they, they looked amazing I know I'm giving a lot of praise for this film I just I just I just I don't really have any discrepancies with it uh the spaceship itself I thought it looked really cool uh I did see an interview where Ridley Scott said he kind of based it off a Lego set and I'm talking about the Hermes is what they call it the big spaceship that the crew are traveling to earth from Mars and he said yeah he based it off a Lego set and he says he didn't want it to be aerodynamic, so like it's this big sprawling, you know, it has like all spinning parts and everything that can detach and everything. It's it's re- it's really cool, and uh, also Matt Damon, like he's in amazing shape at the start of this film, but from him having to conserve his food intake and all that, there he likes to slender down. 
So at the end of the film, like you see him then get out of the ship and you see how skinny and how frail and wasted he has become. And it's amazing, like just that from that there, it's like it really hits home. Like this guy has really gone through so much. And um, with parts when they're floating in space, not for a second, it looks like they're on wires or anything. So like hats off to the visual effects crew. It'll look really good. And now we get to the part where it's called Do You Remember That Bit? Because it's just wee parts in the film that I like to, I like to talk about. Uh, at the very start, when Matt first, uh, Mark first wakes up after being hit by the spaceship, you kind of see him get up, and there's like always the metal still attached inside of him, and he gets up, and like you can feel a pull on his, his skin. Oh, it's just it, I felt that myself. I was like anything with broken bones or anything or something bending on a body part that shouldn't bend. I I can't stomach that at all. And I just thought that worked really well. And then later on, when inside, he just rips out the bit of metal from inside of him. I was like. Oh, that, I don't. I would not have done that if I. Re- it looked like that could have killed you straight up, but uh, then because um, I have read the book, I did like notice wee differences, and maybe it's a sweet something they done to a wee Easter egg for people that did read the book. But uh, when they first establish contact with Mark, they have him talking, and then he starts swearing, and they then NASA then like, oh, can't do you can't say that this is going out live to the world, but then Mark. Then they didn't show this in the film, but they show the reaction from everyone in, at NASA, which he just says, oh, look, a pair of boobs. And then he then types out, like, in symbols, like, what what boobs would look like, which is pretty funny, because, like, I got that then, because I remember that part in the book. So then it's kind of a nod to anyone that did read the book, so it's kind of a wee reward in that. Uh, and there is a funny part then where... Um, they're trying to figure out where Matt is going with the rover. He's testing out distances. And then, like, they don't know where it is. And then they need to get a map. But what I couldn't get over is they have to run to the canteen and take a picture off the wall. I was like, you've been studying this guy for ages. I was like, how do you not know Mars that well? Like, you don't have a simple picture you can just pull up. But I thought that was funny then because, like, the canteen staff then just start shouting at them. I was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but I, okay, I get you. Um, also, when we first uh, introduced to Donald Glover, uh, he then... Um, he then, like, he goes, like, he's doing this wee bit and he's walking over and then he just slips and falls and just completely falls out of screen. And then the character's interacting with him, like, reaches down and, like, ask, are you okay? And, like, that, was, that wasn't supposed to happen, but they keep it in, which I thought was really cool. It did add to the character. And another wee bit I would like to mention, Jeff Downs' character, I think he does get a little smile at the end when it's all over for reasons that they do get marked and everything, which I really did appreciate. And uh, for, as I was talking, I did like how it was so realistic, but there is one bit at the end where Mark does say, like, jokingly, I can fly, I'll tear a hole in the, in the hand part of my suit, and I can fly like Iron Man. And I was like, oh, that's a terrible idea. Like, in space, you're, you're dead. It doesn't that happen. Any air escape, and you're gone. But, like, they do it anyway, and, like, it works incredibly, but of course. But I thought, like, that was only one part. I was like, okay, that's a little bit unrealistic. So, uh, yeah, that is my thoughts on the film. I really enjoyed it. I would advise anyone watch it, even after listening to this. I would say definitely go ahead and see it. Now, for rating a film, I know people do have, like, whatever, like, whether 10 or 5, like, uh, that kind of number, but, like, say something, like, I give it a 7 and someone else gives it an 8. It's like, who's to really say, like, oh, that's that big of a difference? Like, oh, I'd argue that's extra one in there. So what I've come up with, I'm stealing from another podcast called uh, The Weekly Planet. It's a great podcast. I definitely recommend reading it. They talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. So basically what they do is to settle all that there, it's either one or the other. It's a best movie ever or worst movie ever. So I'm going to use that, and I'm going to give this film a best movie ever. Um, and I'd just like to say uh, thanks for voting this here film uh, this week. 
um, it, it was only lost out. Jojo Rabbit only lost out by four votes, so I might do that sometime in the future. So hopefully you'll stick around for that. And uh, that is it for this week's episode. If you would like to get in contact with the podcast with questions or suggestions of future topics or films, you can do that on Instagram at Barry Abbreviated. That is where I'll be I'm posting any updates or, annou- or announcements for the week. If email is more your thing, you could shoot me an email at barryabbreviated at gmail.com. I would like to thank Rob O'Sullivan, who's helped me put these up. He is at Rob Hand on Instagram, so you definitely should check him out. And I'd just like to thank you for listening along as well. It really does mean a lot. I like Thanks a lot for the support and everything. And if you would like to support the show, you could give it a wee share or even just tell a friend that I would love to have him on board. At next week's episode, we'll be back on to news and topics. And I think it was that for this week. This has been Barry Abbreviated. Till next time, take care and have a good one.